0: Hello, welcome to episode 59 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, Amorous Meyer Book Club Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany, and today's special guest is Amanda from Adapted for Your Viewing Podcast. Hi. Hi. Happy to be here again. <laughs> Yay. I'm always happy to have you. So we have such similar discussions I like yes. so much. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. How are you doing? Are you still in quarantine? I am definitely still in quarantine. Um, I just got back from traveling to Chicago for my sister's wedding. Ooh, uh, yeah. So we had like a little backyard wedding for her. And we're going to have my brother's wedding next month. So it is an exciting <laughs> 2020. It's exciting summer for us.
0: Yes, and congratulations because weddings are always <laughs> moments of, of bliss. I'm a hopeless romantic, so...
1: It was very sweet. Yeah.
0: It was great. Yay, weddings. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, what are you reading at the moment? I am reading a couple of things. So, I am reading, as always, not just one thing, but many things. <laughs> um, and the first one is I'm going to pull it up so I don't say it wrong Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. Have oh, that is that
0: on the sh- I have not, but it's on the shortlist for so many good American Library
1: Association awards this year. It's pretty fantastic. I'm in like the last like 75%. So it's really exciting right now. It okay. is like a jam packed, fast paced, great adventure book. And I love it. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I'm also using The Hazelwood by Melissa Albert. Have you read that one?
0: No, but it's on it's on my shelf right there.
1: <laughs> Isn't it such like the cutest cover of all time? Oh, I know. I said the same yeah. thing. Have you seen the cover for the sequel? Yes. It's just as beautiful. I'm pretty it's excited beautiful. for it. Yeah. So that one's fun, too. I'm only like um like maybe a, th- a third into it, uh, but it's it's fun. It's like a urban fantasy, and I haven't read one of those in a really long time, so I'm liking it.
0: Oh, well, I haven't read urban fantasy in forever. What about you? What are you reading? I just finished Dread Nation. Oh, it was. Really? amazing i oh, loved it it's so good so yeah. i'm definitely uh about to start the sequel as soon as my school gives me a little bit of spare time uh, yeah. but god that was such a good book i loved it so much
1: it's so uh, exciting and everything i didn't think i would like like a zombie historical book but i loved it
0: for something that has zombies in it it's surprisingly accurate right And honestly, I feel like it's an honest representation of how people in the United States would have reacted had zombies occurred at that time. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think the laws that were introduced, the sort of societal expectations that they put on people of color were very accurate for the time. Mm hmm. I hope I'm not ruining it for anybody reading it. But just when you're reading it, go in with an open mind. It's a very yeah. accurate book for something that has zombies in it.
1: Yeah, it was really good.
0: And it does a very good job of displaying some of the origins of, of some of the worst, I think, social and societal norms that, that people accepted at the time. And that, unfortunately, some people still accept. But it's mm-hmm. just such a good book. And God, I love that character so much. And Yeah, she's so good. It definitely made me do a lot of research oh yeah I I did so much research reading that book because I was like is that a real law I can't remember
1: yeah that's interesting
0: yeah so yeah. I I definitely loved it I'm excited to read the sequel and then I really need to read care of all I started reading that's on my it. list too yeah well I started reading it um last summer and then I got so busy with school. I didn't have a chance to get back to it. And then I had a break for between fall and spring semester and I started reading it again, but then I had surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just haven't had a chance to pick it back up. Yeah, I've been, I've read dread nation cause I had to for school and now I want to read the sequel. But I, uh, now that I have all three books for Caraval, I kind of want to do all three of them together. Like just mm-hmm. read straight through. So I'm hoping to read those starting like, the end of July when my classes end before Fun. fall semester starts.
1: Yeah. I feel like I need to be part of like a high pressure book club that like forces you to read everything that's on your bookshelves. <laughs> I feel like that would be really beneficial.
0: <laughs> Something I started doing several years ago when we first moved here, I didn't have any friends. I was going to school online and I didn't have a job. So I had like no way of meeting people. Mm-hmm. And I noticed I was on my phone constantly because Uh, of just that like lack of social interaction and so what I've started doing well I've been doing it now for several years but what I started doing was like every time I was on my phone for longer than like one minute I would start reading a book nice if I have time to scroll through random stuff on Facebook that I don't care about I have time to read a chapter
1: that is very true yeah
0: that's (laughs) and that's what I tell people (laughs) they're like I wish I had more time to read and I'm like you you get, definitely one of those, do. Yeah. get one of those apps that tells you how long you spend on your phone and you will immediately feel like you've wasted hours of your day. Because <laughs> the, the iPhone will tell you, like, your average is four hours a day. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> um, now, part of that is the podcast, you know, social yeah. media and podcasting. There's a lot to keep up with more than I think it most people is. realize. Yeah. But I, I limit even that now to try and only do it like once or twice a day. Because otherwise I'm just on that
1: thing all the time. It's very easy to be like, oh, I'll just check things for like 10 minutes and then you're on there for like an hour very yeah. easily. Especially right now, because I think there's just so many
0: rabbit holes to click on.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially
0: a Goodreads rabbit hole. Yes. When you when you click finish on a book on Goodreads and it's like, would you like to look at our suggestions? And it's like, sure. And then Obviously, two hours yes, later, yeah. <laughs> you've read like 20 synopsis you've added a bunch of books to your already yeah. existing pile. <laughs>
1: See, for that, I feel like that's just research. That's that's good phone time.
0: <laughs> it's more recommendations for yeah, Patreon members. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so today's fan art is very special because it's a Beauty and the Beast fan art, but with Wolf and Scarlet. And it's by Julie Crowell on Pinterest. Well done, and
1: Julie. it's so good, right? It's so cute. Yeah, it's just it's just adorable. <laughs>
0: it is. So it's it's. Scarlet but dressed in Belle's yellow gown and it's so good Mm -hmm. yes and then Wolf is wearing the beast slash prince's uh
1: jacket outfit
0: outfit formal wear formal wear yeah (laughs) and in the background you see a farm and it says Benoit farm and gardens and there's tomatoes yes there's tomatoes of course
1: so cute
0: it's so cute and it's I just love that it's out there in the world
1: Yeah, it's a it's really good. I do like I do like that wolf is has like these little like rosy cheeks and stuff. He's adorable.
0: (laughs) He is, and uh, Scarlett's cheeks are blushed.
1: Yes, she looks gorgeous.
0: And her hair is like curly, but it's obviously styled curly, not like Mm -hmm. naturally curly. So that's Mm kind of cute. It's like they did go to a ball, but they're just hanging out at the farm afterwards.
1: Yeah, it's very adorable.
0: It is, and I appreciate that it exists in the world, because then I know I'm not alone with this whole Beauty and the Beast thing. That's true. (laughs) Somebody
1: else out there has definitely picked up on it. Yeah.
0: So, a big thank you from Julie Crowell on Pinterest for giving us permission, and couldn't find her anywhere on Instagram, so if somebody knows her on Instagram, let me know, and I'll tag her there, too. So, today we're going to talk about Beauty and the Beast, the Disney version, the cartoon version, I should say, because we just finished Scarlet. And for those of you who don't know, the story of Scarlet and Wolf is Beauty and the Beast inspired. And the the story of Scarlet and Ran is Little Red Riding Hood. And one thing I want to point out, because I had a bunch of people message me, so I just want to hit it head on before we get there. Uh, Belle is a figment of Disney's imagination. So, no, Scarlet is not like her. Um, (laughs) She is in the sense, we'll get to what they do and do not have in common. But I, I just had a lot of people message me and be like, um... Well, I don't know why it's Beauty and the Beast if Belle is not Scarlet. Scarlet's nothing like Belle. And it's like they have a couple things in common, but Belle is a figment of Disney's imagination. There are several different versions of Beauty and the Beast, and the beauty is almost always different other than being beauty in a plain way, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had, I'll admit, I had a little bit of the same reaction when you invited me to come on here. I was like, (laughs) great, we're going to talk about. Um, Red Riding Hood. What are we going to consume for it? And then you're like, no, we're doing Beauty and the Beast. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think that's uh, having that it's a dual story definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I picked up right away on the um, on the Red Riding Hood aspect, and uh, but there's definitely Beauty and the Beast elements as well. So I'm excited to talk about it too. Plus, Beauty and the Beast is one of my favorite Disney movies, so.
0: It actually was something that was pointed out to me as well because Mm -hmm. I had only ever attributed the Little Red Riding Hood aspect. And I always thought in my head that like he's kind of a beast and she's kind of a beauty, but that's a a trope. That's not necessarily a story. Mm -hmm. Um, But she said it in an interview. Marissa Meyer actually stated in an interview that the relationship dynamic between Scarlet and Wolf is heavily influenced by Beauty and the Beast and that... The experiences that Scarlett has in terms of her grandmother and ran in that situation, like ran is meant to be the big bad wolf in that situation. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I I like that. I like that because the interpretation of wolf being the beast, uh, wolf being the big bad wolf never really sat well with me, but wolf being the beast definitely makes sense.
0: Yeah. And there's little elements of it if you read the book from that perspective, like uh, the opera house being a representation of the castle. There's even a Mm -hmm. moment when she's in the opera house where she points out a candelabra Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: things like that. Scarlet knows she doesn't read books or wear pretty dresses, but she's very (laughs) headstrong. She's very independent, definitely willing to do anything and everything. In this case, for her grandmother, not her father. But but the person who raised her. The person who raised her, her right. her idol, in many senses of the word, definitely doesn't care about her appearance, despite the fact that others find her attractive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Farm. Mm-hmm. Farm's kind of giveaway, but farm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. they, they do have a couple things in common. I just want to make it... I know that there are a lot of people that have always been upset by that aspect. And just don't take the Disney version for, you know, 100% genuine, because... Right. They've done alterations to all of their stories. um, And though they have become what we're most familiar with in terms of fairy tales, the different versions of even just Beauty and the Beast are magnormous. Yeah. So, I I mean, I encourage you to seek some of them out and try to find ones that fit different narratives so you can see all the different representations that they allow even before the
1: movie was made. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: First the cartoon what are some things that you liked you said it's your favorite it's it's
1: definitely one of my favorites and <laughs> i haven't um i know it gets a lot of flack and i'm i'm here i've become in my in my twilight years in my 30s a big defender <laughs> of uh a big defender of disney movies i know that <laughs> like the princess disney movies do get a lot of flack but you go back and watch them and the female characters are always so strong and interesting and they have goals at the beginning of it and it's sad to say but I feel like we've lost just a little bit of that sometimes and some of the things that I've seen come out lately from Disney and so like the <laughs> OG princess stories I just love so much and Beauty and the Beast was one of my favorites growing up I was surprise bookish as a kid too uh, <laughs> And I really loved Belle. She, and it wasn't even just because she like found a magical prince at the end, it was more because she wanted to be adventurous. Uh, she tried to find adventure in books. She, you know, wanted. Uh, she was willing to like go out at the moment she saw trouble. She's like, okay, no, I have to go and take care of this. She didn't go find somebody else to do it. She rode off on Philippe to go and find her dad in the wilderness. And I just think that's very cool. And like her giving up her place for her father, um, all of that, I feel like the introduction to her character is very strong for me and it still was going back to it. I still loved it. Um, and the animation and the music was beautiful. It was really fun going back to it.
0: It is beautiful. I really enjoyed watching it. And I will say, like, I'm working on my master's degree now. And one of our conversations in class last night was about accurate historical fiction mm-hmm. and why it's not often portrayed that way in young adult literature. And this is somewhat applicable uh, is because often they'll make female characters, um, you know, outspoken and mm-hmm. Demanding change or doing things outside of the societal norms that would have been expected at the time or even acceptable and While that's great and we definitely need to showcase what women are and should be capable of If you want to give an accurate representation of the time it's you know, it's like Disney She yeah. would have been considered odd reading a book right. Not not just reading and enjoying the book but like knowing how to read not reading for scholarly advancement But just for entertainment purposes
1: mm-hmm.
0: Just a lot of the things that she did at the time would not have been considered societally acceptable. And so showing that that her village or community or however you want to look at it was off-put by those behaviors, yeah. I think is a, a good representation. And it's the same as like we talked about in Cinderella. She gets a lot of flack for, oh, of course the girl does all the cleaning and stuff. But it's a good representation of the time when that story, theoretically, of when we imagine that story taking place. Mhm. Yeah. I loved watching it. The only thing and I texted everybody in Patreon about it because we have like an open group message on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think we came to a conclusion that I'm satisfied with. But <laughs>
1: is, is this about the curse?
0: This is about the curse. Yeah. In the mm-hmm. beginning, it says that he's cursed until his 21st birthday. But mm-hmm. then during the song Be My Guest, he says 10 years we've been resting. So my mm-hmm. brain was like this which just cursed a 10 year old boy for not letting a stranger in his house yeah. like I have nieces that are that age and you're damn sure I'm like don't let a stranger in the house like mm-hmm. they got in trouble for letting my husband in once when their parents were asleep yeah because because she was like but it was Uncle Q and Sarah was like I don't care are you allowed to let people in the house no that rule applies to everyone But yeah so the general consensus is, and this is my mistake, so I'm sure everybody listening is like, God, Bethany, you're so stupid, that time sort of froze for them while they were in the castle, mm-hmm. um, and they did not age, which is fine. I like that much better than her cursing a 10-year-old yes. for not letting a that's, stranger in the house.
1: Yeah, that's my general idea, was that like he was 20 um and he has until like his birthday basically but it stretched it out for 10 years for him mm-hmm. because he's like kind of shown in the like the the glass uh storytelling part in the beginning the like stained glass he definitely looks like an adult there mm-hmm. so that's my general idea i do remember the moment that like that clicked for me i think i was adult an adult when i was watching and i'm like wait a second, wouldn't he then be, like, a child? (laughs) Is
0: this the same as, like, us thinking it was cheese when it was very obviously corn in Cinderella? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which blew my mind. I did, after watching the animated version, I watched the live-action version, which I loved. It's so good. And they made it very clear (laughs) that time had frozen, so they did a better job of that, I think. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, for for today's episode, we'll mo- we'll mostly focus on the Disney animated version because that's the one that's available on Disney Plus. But if you're able to, the live action, I really enjoyed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about some of the things that we liked, other than everything. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved the representation of Gaston.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's so because good. <laughs> girls, how many men have we met like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh and he's just so funny he's such a great comedic character right next to Lafou and it's funny that they're like they're they're just so funny together and they're funny for different reasons and mm-hmm. they make each other funnier so every time there's a scene with them together it's so good they're so great
0: they definitely have a good slapstick comedy together that i enjoy mm-hmm. no i just like that it's an honest representation of of i'm not saying all men are like that but yeah. we've all met one
1: I do like that he's, like, I feel like he's, like, the interesting version of, like, the dumb guy. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he, he, like, goes through all this trouble to propose, gets flat out rejected in the mud. And then the next scene we have of him is, like, moping in the bar with his friends. Yeah. And, like, they all sing a song to cheer him up. And I, there's just something so wholesome and funny about that. <laughs> and he's he does, he makes a couple of good arguments, especially, like we said, for the
0: time period. Yeah. He is good looking. I guess. And, you know, he's meant to be good looking, even if we don't necessarily find him good looking in ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, He's successful. He's a good Mm -hmm. provider. He clearly comes from a place of money and privilege. So he could definitely take care of her and any children they would have. Mm -hmm. He's made it pretty clear she doesn't have to work, even if she does want to. Yeah. So, I mean, on paper at the time, yeah, that's a pretty good offer. Mm hmm. Obviously she and a lot of other people deserve better, but if we're yeah. just gonna be like honest representation, I mean my grandmother and my grandfather had an arranged marriage with far less promises yeah. in it. So <laughs> and my own marriage wasn't arranged, but like I mean, we didn't go in with those promises.
1: So she's right. she's
0: definitely got I get what he's saying about like, Come on, what else are you gonna do?
1: Yeah. He could have packaged it a little bit better than like ten kids and foot massages, but oh, right? was... and
0: and and the way he like behaved around her. That's that's mostly what it is. Because it's not like it's not like he walked up and he was like, I love you, I'm gonna take care of you, I'm gonna do everything I can to provide for you and our children. And he was like, Okay, this is what's gonna happen, babe. Yeah. Yeah. So packaging is everything. It's all about yeah. how you promote yourself. True.
1: He, he needs a better uh PR representative.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about the castle. Obviously, that's
1: oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: There, I mean, there's some a few inconsistencies here and there. There are some things that didn't age well. Uh, but yeah. I just love being in that castle. It felt very magical. It felt very fantastical. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a, a spectacle element to it that I really enjoyed. Yeah, the
1: music. The music really helped. Just like the ambient music with like oh, so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's
0: so good. Mm-hmm. And while I will say that, I mean, there's obviously issues with lots of different things in the story, not just the Disney version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did find it somewhat believable that Belle would take her father's place. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of harshness to the whole situation that seems like, you know, takes it a bit far. Somebody crosses your your somebody trespasses on your property and instead of banishing them, you're like, all right, well now you're my you're gonna rot in a cell under my castle and I have to feed and clothe you until you die. Like that seems a
1: bit a little extreme, yeah.
0: Yeah, but
1: I did like um, just the animation is so good because even when that's happening, um, you get like flashes in the beast's face of like Mm -hmm. regret or being unsure. Or, like, being worried. Um, and I really, like, I'm sure I picked up on it as a kid kind of subconsciously, but I was actively looking for it this time. And it's really smart animation to, like, be telling your audience one thing and then showing your character experiencing something else. Uh, so I really liked it. The, it just, like, the whole animation of The Beast.
0: It is. And if you pay attention to his facial expressions throughout the entire movie, mm-hmm. you'll pick up on a lot more than the surface level that I think we all kind of get as children. And, you know, you and I, we did an episode on Cinderella after doing Cinder. And mm-hmm. the prince was this like super surface level guy that had like maybe two scenes. But right. in this version, in this story, he's so much bigger than that. And. You know, we see a side to him that I think is very similar to Wolf in the books where, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's capable of doing a lot of terrifying things, mm-hmm. but he's not really going to do them unless he feels like he has to to protect someone. And he can be very um, protective of something that he finds precious. Yeah, And eventually Wolf and Scarlet develop that relationship for each other. And in this story, Beauty and the Beast do for each other as well.
1: yeah. One of my favorite scenes with the beast is when um like up until a certain point we've seen him be pretty ferocious and losing his temper a bunch. I love every time his like staff is giving him advice and he's such a hard time following <laughs> it. So funny every time. They're like smile and they're like, ooh, smile less. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or the hair.
1: Yeah, the hair. <laughs>
0: i love his staff i think really does a good job of showing you like okay there must be a reason why they think this way about him yeah because the staff is obviously good oh and they don't put up with it at all yeah he yells and does things and they're like now is that really the best way to behave and he's like (laughs) no and it's like okay so they know that he's like prone to temper tantrums but actually is like a good man underneath it all so what were some of the things that you maybe didn't like
1: Um, what were the things I didn't like? Um, I think this is going to be a little bit nitpicky, but I think like, as an adult person, it's very hard for me to believe that like, Belle was, like, romantically attracted (laughs) (laughs) to literally, like, a giant dog person. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it's supposed to be, like, I feel like maybe it's supposed to be a little bit platonic, but they're obviously doing, like, fairly romantic things together. And, like, as a kid, you're just like, oh, she, like, uh, you know that that's a human person. Belle does not yet know it's a human person. So... Mm, Like, as much as, like, I appreciate that it's, like, the one Disney relationship that develops, like, in a domestic setting, (laughs) you know, they, like, develop (laughs) feelings for each other, doing, like, very real day-to-day things together. Like, they're basically roommates who learn how to fall in love with each other. So, if, like, that's your trope, I'm sure you loved Beauty and the Beast growing up. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, it was just, like... (laughs) Like, up until that point in the movie, I was, like, totally suspended disbelief. I'm in. It was beautiful. And then she, like, blushes around the corner, around, like, the tree. And I'm like, I don't know, girl. I don't know if this is for you.
0: <laughs> no, I completely agree. It changes the dynamic a lot. And I think that yeah. that's partly why a lot of adaptations, the beast part of the of that character is often... Uh, more in their behaviors and mannerisms than necessarily their appearance. Right. Uh, or in the case of Scarlet by Marissa Meyer, it's that he has beast like, tendencies, um, right. but is still a, a, a human. Because a human. <laughs> that's the main component. Is It's not, if she knew it was a human that had been transformed into a beast, I feel like that's different. And I feel like she could easily pick up on that, especially with yeah. the portrait. But yeah. she doesn't that, really like, get,
1: Everything else, yeah everything else in the castle you probably was
0: mm-hmm. maybe a
1: human turned into a thing or at least it's like an enchanted thing i would have just assumed that it's like an enchanted beast like an enchanted dog person you know what i mean yeah i probably wouldn't have because, assumed it was a human
0: because also that means that like the candelabra is a human, so right. could she could she also my, fall in love with my bathtub
1: might be a human, <laughs>
0: right? Like, did she also fall in love with the kitchen counter? Like, where right. are the limitations so, of this
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a little.
0: <laughs> I will say I didn't like that, and then, but I didn't appreciate the um the way that they sort of portrayed like the townspeople. Ugh, I'm just going to come out and say it. Everybody was white, you guys. Everybody was white. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, I've heard, I've had this conversation with people before, and they're like, yeah, but at the time. And it's like, nope, there were black people. I don't care what you're going to say. There were black people there. Yeah. There just were. Because I've had that conversation with people, and they're like, well, maybe there weren't any uh, black people in France in this time in history. And I'm like, except there were. Yeah. <laughs> So I just want to call that we have to acknowledge that there there's not enough representation there, but um and not to give Disney a free pass, but I I think they have gotten much better mm. in recent years as has most people. But
1: I do feel like I mean they were making this in the 90s. I feel like they should mm-hmm. have known a little bit better, but yeah, we can do.
0: I, I think <laughs> that the remake with Emma Watson did a better job of. Um, representing different cultures and people and, uh, Mm -hmm. they even included a couple LGBTQ aspects. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Like they say, um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't a big fan of the entire town being like, yeah, let's go murder this beast.
1: I don't know. I kind of,
0: I (laughs) I kind of believed it. (laughs) I believe it. especially especially like the pitchforks and stuff but it's also like Gaston is just
1: like look he's terrifying and they're like yeah let's go kill him and it's like none of you are like wait a minute if he's that scary maybe we shouldn't go there Here's why I believe it, because those people came up, they showed up for a fight no matter what, because they came with their, like, pitchforks and torches, and they were like, yeah, let's watch this old guy get sent to an asylum, it's going to be a party, and then Gaston's like, just kidding, we're going to go kill this monster, and they're like, hell yeah, that's even better, let's go do that. I hate to,
0: I hope that what I say isn't culturally insensitive, but it is France in the mid-century, I mean, They invented the guillotine the and yeah. yeah, and the guillotine was not just an efficient way of executing people. It was a spectacle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, if, if you do your research there, that was a ticket everybody wanted to go watch. So uh, definitely.
1: It's also it's, one of my favorite musical numbers, so I can't. I love it so much. I think it's so, so good. Fun. It's so it cracks good. me up every time it starts. They're like, yeah, let's kill him. Like, I just dummy? feel like somebody somewhere should have been like, is that really safe? <laughs> <laughs> because, because guess that monsters. Shouldn't we stay here and not right? go like, find him? If he's that scary, let's just leave him alone. He obviously <laughs> he hasn't, hasn't bothered, bothered us, us before. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so let's just cancel beast and move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're like he exists. Let's get him. Which I just feel like <laughs> it's accurate. So. I love, I should say, it was I love like the, the internet horse. before the internet came to be, so so I believe <laughs> it. Yes, I love the
0: horse, and I also, so much personality. that dad is stupid, there is a moment where he is on that horse, and there yeah. is a good path, it's very obvious in the cartoon, like, good path this way, bad path that way, and the horse is like, let's take the good path, oh. and he has to force the horse to go down the bad path,
1: now me, I'm like, dude, you just <laughs> up. I and I, <laughs> I am there for the gag though. That gag cracked me up. It got a laugh out of me because he's like, he's like, "What are you doing? It's this way." And then he's like, "Where did you leave us, Philippe?" Like two seconds later, like I was like,
0: I was like, like if "You don't... me Trying to figure
1: out where to go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like,
0: "You jerk!" He tried so hard to save you.
1: <laughs> I know, but it. Uh, what a good horse though, because he he then he turns around, he brings Belle back, brings yep. Belle back again later. That horse carried the movie. yeah
0: believe just carrying the whole the Mm -hmm. whole movie on his back without realizing it (laughs)
1: yeah and then uh I think the the fight at the end is so good between Beast and Gaston it's
0: legitimately
1: scary it is and
0: you know there were moments of it that I forgot and what I think is the most accurate is Gaston being like no wait I'm sorry please don't kill me and then switching again yep his as I often say sense of self-preservation I'm always talking about that our our main characters in the Lunar Chronicles need more (laughs) self-preservation but that would make a much more boring series Uh, (laughs) but Gaston has a little bit too much self-preservation and it it leads people to reasonable doubt yeah yeah we wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt
1: is there is there any part of you when the beast turns into the prince you're like wow
0: (laughs) you look weird (laughs) Part of Mm -hmm. me is like, um, part of me is just like wondering what Bell's initial response to that should be. Yeah. Because I've been with my husband for a little over 10 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I got to (laughs) say, if I gave him a smooch and said, I love you, and he drastically changed his physical appearance, I would be like, okay, you need to prove to me that you're still the person I thought you were hmm Like, I need. Mean, what's our secret code?
1: <laughs> I feel like um, it would be very difficult to be like, okay, I can't look relieved, but I can't, I can, can I, I can be happy, right? That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be very difficult to, like, understand how to react to it in Belle's place. And she... Seemed to, she seemed to work through it okay.
0: <laughs> Which I think is why the part in the uh, live action where she's like, can you grow a beard? I think that's really honest. Because, that's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe you should try just a little bit to look like what you look like when I fall in love with you so I can wrap my beard. Like, you're hot. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. uh, it took me a really long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I will say... I'm I know I talked about the animation, but I love the live-action song that the Beast does, Evermore. Mm -hmm. So good. Love that voice. Uh, I bawl every time that song plays. I'm just, like, sobbing tears. Um, I was surprised I actually cried watching the animated version. I didn't think I would, but I cried multiple times. Um, Really? I did. I cried when she left her father when her father mm-hmm. left and she broke down. So heartbreaking. Uh,
1: yeah. It's
0: so heartbreaking. I cried when the townspeople wouldn't believe the dad and they all started running for the castle. Yeah. Um and then I cried at the end when she thought that he when she thought she'd lost him.
1: Yeah.
0: But I'm so quick good,
1: yeah. to cry as many listeners know. So Well Disney hits you with like those emotional beats and it's <sighs> Yeah, Yeah. I have been very. I wasn't as emotional this time, but I have been very emotional in the past watching this movie. So yeah. And watching the live
0: action, I went and saw it in theaters with my husband once, and I cried. And then like a week Mm -hmm. later, my friend Megan wanted to see it, and I cried again. Yeah. Uh, And my husband was like, "You saw it last week." I was like, (laughs) "I know. It was still beautiful." Because like my husband doesn't cry during movies. So like, mm. if we go to a movie and I start crying, it's always like. And then him turning next to me, like, really? What about what about whatever we just watched made you cry? I, I don't
1: like <laughs> I am the robot of my relationship and my husband is the big <laughs> crier. And so it'll be so funny because something emotional will be happening. And sometimes I'll get caught up in it. And other times I'll be like, Oh, I bet my husband's crying right now. And I'll peek <laughs> over and he definitely is.
0: <laughs> like uh, Frozen 2, I cried multiple times. Really? And every time I cried, my husband was just like, "Really?"
1: I cried in Moana. <laughs> yeah. when... I haven't seen that one yet. <gasps> you haven't seen that? Okay, I won't tell you when I cried then, because then you okay. have to watch it then. But if watch it, it and then you let me cry. know. <laughs> yeah, watch it. Let <laughs> me know when you cry, and I'll let you know if that's the time I cried. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty quick to cry. I cry watch. I cry reading these books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cried the first time I listened to "All Too Well" by Taylor Swift, and "Soon You'll <laughs> Get Better" by Taylor Swift. Those are some heartbreaking songs. I do. I, I carry them on my sleeve, and
1: I'm not upset about it. And like, mine, like, sneaks up on me, and I'm like, oh, what is this? <laughs> What's this wet stuff on my face? Yep, yep. How did this happen? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk about Scarlet and Wolf. We talked a little bit about what Scarlet and Belle may or may not have had in common. What
1: do you think about Wolf and the Beast? I think they have a lot in common. I think... um one of one of my favorite Beast moments from the movie is after he yells at Belle to get out of, like, his wing of the castle. Um, there's this really quiet moment with him and the, the rose that's wilting, and he's like, it's hopeless. And I felt like no matter what had happened, he had done all this despicable stuff before, but in that moment, I really felt for the Beast. And I felt that way a lot with Wolf, where, like, it felt like he felt really helpless and trapped in everything he was doing that he had to just keep moving forward but there was no hope for him to get like what he wanted and so i felt like they were they resonated to me on like the a very similar level throughout their stories um and they needed a strong badass woman to help them break out of it
0: yeah they did <laughs> yeah i love that and i think one of the main i mean we could get into the physical things that makes wolf a beast or whatever but mm. It's mostly the modifications. Yeah. And and at this point in time, the podcast is spoiler free. We don't know what those modifications are. But, uh, I mean, we know he had teeth implants. We know he had a hard time overcoming his instincts to hunt, to kill, to destroy. We know that he had a hard time overpowering Jael's um, thaumaturge powers. Mm -hmm. But he was able to for Mm -hmm. Scarlet. Because mm-hmm. he wanted, because she is precious to him, and I think that's a theme that is similar to the Beast as well.
1: Mm-hmm. He also had to like prove himself to Scarlet, much in the mm-hmm. same way that Beast has to prove himself to Belle. Yeah. Um, and build a relationship on like real stuff. Yeah. And trust. And,
0: yeah. And trust. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more believable because he's a good-looking, muscular guy as opposed yeah. <laughs>
1: to a that definitely helps.
0: <laughs> a, 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 I don't know beast bear dog type of I don't really know something like that I feel like it's a (laughs) bear cat dog hybrid thing
1: yeah I feel like that's a bear definitely bear dog maybe cat yeah some thrown he's got like a really big snout and so I don't know what that would be but anyway um but no, I think even if even if Wolf is like the most handsome dude in the world, if I was dating a dude with like giant teeth, sharp teeth, I don't know if I could do that. I think that might be a deal breaker for me. <laughs> Did you ever
0: watch Buffy or Angel?
1: I didn't. I like I, I like know, know of, but I didn't like There's, experience it from so the beginning.
0: The way that Joss Whedon represented vampires was that they could look human, mm-hmm. um, but then they could change and their teeth would get pointed. Otherwise, mm-hmm. their teeth would be normal, but they their teeth would be pointed, and they would get like these their their yeah. they would get like these horns under the skull type of thing above their eyebrows. And there's mm-hmm. one scene where, she, uh, almost said Belle, where Buffy <laughs> is kissing. I believe it's season two where Buffy mm-hmm. is kissing Angel, and he's like, I don't want you to to see me like this, and it's because his teeth were hanging out, and she was like, I didn't even notice. Uh, and it always bothered me because it's like, yeah, you
1: noticed. I, like, I noticed
0: notice if my husband that. hasn't shaved after a couple of days, you <laughs> notice if his teeth are
1: suddenly pointy. Yeah, if his teeth are suddenly <laughs> twice as big as they usually are, you may notice that. I don't know how you're kissing if you don't notice.
0: <laughs> I think with Wolf, the teeth must be a little bit more... Like retractable, you think? Yeah, or maybe yeah, not probably. retractable, but... Maybe not as noticeable.
1: Yeah, maybe first just like type of are just like thicker than usual, not like uh-huh. maybe they're just like bigger this way and not this way. Yeah, no, I, I got gotcha. This is not great podcasting, if you... right? Because we're not visual, <laughs> but I, I <laughs> vertical versus horizontal is right, what we're yeah. going for, our
0: listeners. <laughs> I think uh also with Wolf, there's so much mystery, and that's. That's connected with the beast. We don't we as the as the viewer know all kinds of things about the beast like he was kind of shitty as a prince human yeah. uh, doesn't seem to be doing so great as the beast human or the prince beast either, but there's all this mystery with Wolf. who is he really? What's his past like where is he from? What's his family like? is he the good guy? okay, yeah, he's the good guy. no wait he is the bad guy. no wait he's the is he the good guy like we go back and forth as soon as they hit that opera house, we go back and forth between trying to figure out, is he the good guy or the bad guy? Like four or five times before the end of the book. So I think that they have that in common, that the mystery of like Belle doesn't really know him or what he's about. Scarlet doesn't really know him or what he's about, but there's something in them that they want to trust.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, there's this great moment at the end of the Disney movie where, you think that the beast is going to straight up kill Gaston, like mm-hmm. just like murder him. And it's, he's just on the cusp of deciding whether or not he's going to be the beast that they're hunting or something else. Right. And he, he stops himself and then bell comes back. And so you get like this great character growth, a very rare in Disney in early Disney to have a prince have character growth, but he gets it. Um, and I think that's very similar to what we see in Beast in in Scarlet, because he you get to be inside of his head, which is fantastic. And you feel his struggle throughout the entire time. Uh, and then you get to see him actually choose um, to protect Scarlet over everything else. And I loved it.
0: I love that, too. So and yeah. I think another good point to that is that with the Beast, in the, bo- in the movie, we don't get a name. Yeah. I kind of wish we got a name. And then mm-hmm. maybe, like, when sh- when Belle says his name, it brings him away from the Beast, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I understand why they wouldn't. One, it takes effort. Uh, Two, <laughs> to then, you know, you have to establish all those boundaries. But right. I love that scene. Because, it, again, if you pay attention to the facial expression of the Beast, you can see him wrestling with his inner, not desire, instinct, maybe?
1: Yeah, just like his, his did, old rage. Yeah,
0: yeah, his old rage, and then the whole curse was that, like, all right, well, if, if you can't find, if you can't make anybody love you as a bear, then you're gonna be one and forever, right? And you'll you won't have any more humanness to you at all. Yeah. So I could see him. You you can see that moment where he feels like he's on the verge of losing that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to him losing hope in the beginning. Um. It that that moment at the end to me, has always seemed like, well, even if Belle's not coming back, there's still hope for him to be a good person. Like, it Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be just Belle being there that makes him a good person. And that's why Beast has a special place in my heart and why I'm a little bit disappointed when he turns back into a human at the end. (laughs) I do think it's funny that all of the sequels that came from the Disney animated Beauty and the Beast – The beast is a beast again. It's never like him as a human.
0: That makes (laughs) no sense. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Well, it's the same as like if you watch some of the tangled stuff. It's like her hair suddenly long again. It's like, come on! Did you watch the last five minutes? Because I did.
1: (laughs) It is. Um, It is very good though. It's fun that she has hair superpowers in that show. So I'll defend it a little bit. That's true.
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that one argument could be made that you know, as a beast that's who she fell in love with. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that aspect remains. But I think, maybe I've been married too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I've been married too long. The longer that you're with someone, the less you realize what they look like. And the more oh, right. it becomes about how they
1: make you feel. Yeah. At least in my experience. And so, so you think it should have been like a Shrek ending where she also turns into a beast? And no, but <laughs> I, I think maybe...
0: That's why they focus on the eyes so much is that she remembers, she looks in his eyes and she sees who he is and she remembers how he makes her feel and not what he looks like. I do think it would be a change, you know, it's pretty drastic, but uh, as far as drastic goes, that's as drastic as it can get in change of appearances. (laughs) But the longer that you're with someone, I think the less you realize, the less you focus on what they look like maybe. And the more you just, you know, Like, when I think about my husband, I don't immediately think about what he looks like. I think about the connection that we have with each other, Mm -hmm. What you know, and everybody knows I'm a hopeless romantic, so maybe that's part of it, and I think everybody is going to have different relationships, but I I know for me, the longer we're together, the less I even notice what he looks like, Mm -hmm. or even necessarily sounds like. It's more about how he makes me feel. Totally, yeah. So... Maybe that's why it doesn't matter what he looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's what's on the inside that counts in the end. Exactly. (laughs) That's what Disney's always trying to show us. That's why they always give us main characters that are ridiculously attractive.
1: And even if they stop being attractive at one point in the movie, they end up attractive at the end. Happily ever after.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or they don't get the girl like in Hunchback of Notre Dame. So that doesn't help. (laughs) Which obviously I have other issues with that movie, but whatever. Luckily, we don't have to cover that one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Nobody wants Mursa Meyer. Please don't do a Hunchback of Notre Dame. Please don't. Nobody wants (laughs) my
0: opinion on Disney's version of Gypsies. I will tell you that right now.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that one's better left in the past, I think.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about Grandma
1: versus the Dad. Uh, Grandma is infinitely better than the dad in Beauty no, and the Beast. Oh, much better. The dad, the dad in Beauty and the Beast is the most incompetent parent I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like a blibbering fool. Poor guy. <laughs> it's like no wonder she felt like she had to save him. She was like, dude, this isn't going to work for him. I can tough it out. He can't um, even make it back to the castle. Belle makes it back to the castle in like 20 minutes after she gets free.
0: <laughs> well, also... He, he can't even listen to a horse <laughs> I'm sorry I have dogs I'm not on their back I just walk outside with them and there have been plenty of times when I'm walking my dogs and Scamp is like we're not going down this road and I'm like all right I guess we're not because I'm not if he doesn't want to go down there I'm not about to go down there yeah. and every time I do it my husband's like what was that about and I'm like Scamp started pulling the other direction he's like so he probably just smelled something, maybe. But if we go down there and something bad happens, I'm going to yeah. be upset. I didn't listen to my dog. So absolutely. Yep.
1: He and, also can't take very clear visual cues not to go down the nightmare street.
0: Right? <laughs> no. it, was, it was very, he blatant, like, <laughs> yeah, Disney made it pretty clear which area was evil, which area was like, yeah. which one was safe and which one was dangerous. And he was like, this one is the right way. And the horse
1: was like, dude,
0: no, it's not.
1: He does he does get me with his goofs though because he in the oh, beginning yeah. when he's like he's like odd my child odd and he's got like he's like exploded <laughs> with like goofy glasses on you. Got, like got me with that one Disney yeah that yeah. was a good one <laughs> yeah he's
0: adorable and he's charming but he is a bit foolish yeah, yeah. so I get it
1: I do think his axe, his wood chopping machine, would have killed anybody, though, that though, tried to use it.
0: <laughs> oh, I definitely
1: would have hurt myself
0: trying to use it. I, But yeah. I think the concept is very
1: industrial. Yeah, really. he's like, in, like, yeah, he's inventing yeah. like, steam-powered things, which is very cool.
0: Yeah, and things that are for convenience and efficiency, something yeah. that, you know, we have come to expect out yeah. of life that wasn't really the thing.
1: <laughs> I do think I do think it's very sweet that, like, Belle grew up in a house where, like, inventions were being invented around her and, like, research was being done and she got to try, like, new gadgets and toys all the time. I feel like that really added to her character growing up. I think it's a sweet touch.
0: I and I think that that's one of the things that makes him a good dad. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't Absolutely. focused on got to get this girl married and out of my house I'm not supporting her he wasn't focused on like why do you care about reading when you should care about sewing like he was just like you do you boo-boo I'm gonna make this make this terrifying axe invention (laughs) you do you boo-boo yeah I do like
1: how oblivious he is where he's like just go hang out with that uh Gaston guy he's a person
0: (laughs) (laughs) because again on paper Gaston's not bad he can support
1: you he's somewhat good looking he's young
0: Doesn't, you know, seem to have a lot of diseases other than alcoholism and uh, (laughs) narcissism. (laughs) What did you think of the live action? Might as well mention
1: it. I loved it, but I was not a fan of the live action. I had nothing. I know I had nothing against (laughs) it. I thought it was very beautiful, um, especially like the Mrs. Potts design and like Mm -hmm. um, Cogsworth and Lumiere were beautiful. And I loved all the voice acting that went with it. Um, I couldn't get over the CGI beast. It just, ugh, mm. I didn't love it. And I didn't think they had very much chemistry together, which I feel like is like the crux of this whole story. Yeah. Um, so while well, I appreciate like some of the like magical elements they added to it, uh, like I think like the spells was, was fun and, uh, making all the townspeople forget was fun and everybody getting their memory back at the end was fun. Um, I didn't love, I didn't think the plague stuff was particularly charming there's like a lot of things in it that they just like lifted like unlike the cinderella remake the live action cinderella remake they didn't like reinvent enough for me for it to be like an interesting live action um like i think there are different things they could have done minus the cgi that would have been very beautiful but every time i was looking at something i'm like i just miss I miss the animated one. The animated one is so beautiful. The like hand-painted animation is gorgeous. All of the the like background designs are so beautiful. And I think instead of using like natural stuff and like practical effects, they tried to like have that same dreamy aspect and it just all looked a little fake for me. So it kind of felt a little flat for me, which is a bummer. I really like Emma Watson. Obviously I love this movie Um, and the design was very good, but it like didn't add enough like, extra oomph for me
0: I think in a lot of ways it was meant to be a spectacle totally yeah absolutely and I think that some of the sort of um maybe some of the parts of the story that we loved from the animated version were lost in their attempt to make it this big huge spectacle I loved Emma Watson I've always been a big fan of that actress and I, I think she did a great job of portraying Belle I know there was a lot of backlash. I was reading, in preparation for this, I was reading articles about, like, what other people may or may not have liked about it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there was a lot of people that didn't think she was pretty enough to play the most beautiful girl in town, and I was like, what? I think that's a little crazy. She's very beautiful. Right? That's just me. Also, I think the whole point of Belle was supposed to be that she was, like, naturally beautiful, not that she, you know, went above and beyond with her hair and her makeup and her clothing to try to... uh, emphasize the beauty that she had but just that she was naturally breathtaking and so for those reviews that I read that was a little disappointing (laughs) I do not agree with that but that's just me I also thought that one of the things that was pointed out that I I have issues with one of the things that was pointed out was the the characters were changed in appearance like Mrs. Pot having the face design the way it was as opposed to like Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the animated version, like, her whole face, the whole pot moves. Right. And in this one, it's just the part of the painting that moves. Right. On the pot. And that's very different. Voice acting was amazing, though. The vocals. Yeah. Josh Gad, I know, did amazing. I loved the man they got to play Gaston in the movies. He was perfection. Yeah, Luke
1: Evans. Luke Evans. He was my my favorite part of the movie.
0: He sounded amazing. He looked amazing. He did great acting. Audra McDonald is what it is,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: who played the the wardrobe. She has a beautiful operatic voice. Yeah, always love listening to her good. saying. Mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci is just, is there any role that dude can't play?
1: I mean. I will see him in everything, so.
0: He just randomly pops up. <laughs> yeah. Ewan McGregor, of course, is incredibly incredibly talented so is Ian McKellen and Emma Thompson there's so many great people in it and I I think that maybe because I'm an adult and I'm more familiar with actors and actresses and producers and directors and things like that Mm -hmm. some of those aspects drew me in yeah uh, totally whereas you know watching the when did the Disney version come out uh, the animated version
1: came out 90 something 92 I want to say
0: 92 so when I was through two years old so I mean <laughs> 91 I was close 91 okay so I was one years old
1: <laughs> I do um, feel like it was a real miss not to have Angela Lansbury be Mrs. Potts again though
0: yeah because That's it was just vocal
1: so I know she could have been there you know she could have been there she's so good she, she just reminds me she's been in so many movies of my childhood every time I hear her it it takes me back
0: it does and every time I hear her part of me is like is like, oh, what's the murder today? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I love Lisa Murder,
0: <laughs> She Wrote reruns. I don't care if they're all predictable. I don't no. care if it's not believable. I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, even just the theme song makes me smile. I started watching <laughs> Golden Girls the other day because it was on Hulu. Oh, it's so uh, good. I wasn't feeling well. And uh, I did something I don't normally do, uh, which is lay on my couch and watch TV. Good I don't normally good. do that. I, I don't normally have time for that. And I was, uh, I watched a couple episodes of golden girls and I was like, Oh, this show is
1: so good. Yeah. it's <laughs> I love it, holds, it holds up really well. It holds up really well. Yeah. They talk Those about these were issues. way ahead of their time. Yeah. She has yeah. also
0: Betty white looks amazing. Still does. Yeah. She's great. <sighs> she is a national treasure. I've often said <laughs> um, that there are certain celebrities I'd never be able to talk to if I met them in person. I think Betty White is one of them. Betty White's definitely
1: one of them. I know. I feel like... But she'd be so nice. I know. It's I feel like, like I Michelle would just, Obama. I'm oh my incredibly gosh, I intimidated. Michelle Obama.
0: I want to meet her, but I, I mean,
1: what do you say to her? It would be like, like when Leslie Nope met her. I would yeah. just like cry... <laughs> Try to touch I her and then walk away. Yeah. I just cry and <laughs> be she'd like, be I'm like, sorry, I don't I don't want to make your day any weirder, so bye. <laughs> <laughs> she
0: be like, I wanna say a bunch of nice things to you. I feel like I'd get up there and I would have all these things I was gonna say and I'd get up there and she'd be like, Hi, and I'd be like,
1: You're really bet- tall and really pretty. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. Can I get you something? Can I get you? Do you want this? Do you want? Do you want my bag? Do you want anything that I have? I'm just take my just take all my money. (laughs) That's the best I could do.
0: Can you run for president? I'll vote for you.
1: (laughs) Did you read her memoir? I did. I loved it so much. And if you haven't, please do because it's It's amazing. And get the audio book because it's her telling her life story to you wonderful and i love her her voice is perfect for audio too she She should should do a podcast absolutely i love at the end she's like now everybody asks me if i'm gonna run for president i'm like and this is the part where you tell us you will like (laughs) nope i'm holding out hope she's got her (laughs) phd oh she's incredible yeah
0: she went to to princeton and harvard or yale and harvard or something like come on i
1: know this ivy league queen of ours Welcome back to the Michelle Obama podcast. <laughs> we will now only be talking about Michelle Obama at all times. <laughs> yes. So thank you for coming. I feel like we already talked about everything, and then I also feel like we didn't. <laughs> As always, we talked about everything and nothing together. <laughs> We're starting *Crest*, my favorite book in this series. I'm
0: so excited. How are things on adapted for your viewing pod? I know you've been on several episodes now, but let's pretend you haven't. Tell me about your podcast and what's in the future for you guys.
1: Yeah, I host a podcast with my brother called Adapted for Your Viewing Podcast, shorthanded to Adapted Pod on social media platforms because our title is too long. <laughs> uh, and we read books and watch the movies that they're based on and we talk about them. Uh, so we talk a lot about story and characters and um, and make fun of things and goof around. And I make fun of him because he's my younger brother and we have a really good time. <laughs> um so, right now, we just did our first ever mini series with it. We only usually do like a one to one, but we did Little Fires Everywhere. That's our latest episode out. It was very fun. Uh, we had tons of different opinions, so definitely go check it out. Uh, and right now we are on a short hiatus because my brother's getting married. So yeah, so we're going to take a short break so that he can take care of his, uh, his transitioning life and stuff. And,
0: uh, well, and especially you, in
1: the time of COVID.
0: If you ever want to volunteer, if you ever want to <laughs> guest for an episode, I, I volunteer. Uh. We, we did like our,
1: our fall planning for what we're calling like season two, essentially. We finished like. We finished like 20 big boy episodes and we have a bunch of mini episodes sprinkled in. And so we did our plan for fall season two to start up. Uh, so we will definitely have tons of opportunities for guest Yay. stars on there. So we'll definitely call <laughs> you up. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Where, Where can, can people me? find Dr. Free yep. Reviewing Podcast?
1: <laughs> we are on all major platforms. We are uh, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, um and wherever else that you happen to find your podcast, we're on all of them. Um, working on I know, I feel like there's a new like one every day. day. There are. There's so many of them. <laughs> and I submit them to, like, random ones. And I'm like, no one's ever going to hear us, like, listen to us here. And then we get, like, a bunch of listens on there. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, CastBox
0: was a big one for me. I'd never heard of it. And then, yeah. um, hello, Becca the Captain, was one of my <laughs> first listeners. And she mentioned that she listens on CastBox. And I was like, what's CastBox?
1: <laughs> So. so we're out there wherever. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Adapted Pod. We spend a lot more time on Instagram. So come find us there.
0: I spend a lot of time on Instagram. That's where a lot of the noises. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We have a yeah. lot of fun in
0: there. And I like it there. I like all yeah. the noise there.
1: Yeah. So even though we'll be on like a six-week hiatus, we will be very active on Instagram still, so you can still hang out with us there. I think we're going to do a giveaway for the summer. WOO! Fun. Yeah. So you can win all of the, all the books that we've reviewed so far. You can win them in an upcoming giveaway. So check that out.
0: That's exciting. Yeah. Thank you for coming. I hope that you are staying safe and happy and healthy. And congratulations again on all the <laughs> new blessings for your family. Thank um, you. So for this episode, I think we're going to say don't get cursed
1: maybe is that a good one don't get cursed That's a pretty good one i feel like stranger danger has to play with it but at right. the same time like i feel like that really backfired okay. on our beast friend
0: <laughs> it backfired on our beast friend but it's okay to not let strangers yeah, in okay your house. but maybe don't be a jerk to them don't be a jerk about it except the uh, rose except yeah. the rose yeah. say your you know
1: uh, personally, if my husband's not here, nobody I don't know is coming in my home. I don't I have a I don't big care. castle. So maybe have like a guest castle that like visitors can stay in, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but don't get glamored and don't get cursed, and everybody stay happy and healthy. And thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. The clip we heard today was from Disney's animated version of Beauty and the Beast. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Amanda Elegant from Adapted Through Your Viewing Podcast. The intro outro music was by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Angela Wong. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not
1: working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com.